Welcome to Bespin Ice Cream Stand. My name is Josh O'Rourke, and with me as always, that slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler, Bennett Campbell Ferguson. <laughs> I love that because I, I love feeling like you're uh, Lando greeting me at Cloud City, you know, but, but hopefully not to you know sell me the stormtroopers <laughs> in this case. <laughs> no promises. Man's got to eat. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, not a huge week in uh, Star Wars news, but uh, the one that hit me was an article I read uh, earlier today on April 2nd. They're going to release on Disney Plus a bunch of retro Star Wars stuff, Um, most notably Clone Wars, uh, which hasn't seen... uh, which hasn't been seen on any streaming services, but also um, the Ewok movies, um, the and then Star Wars Ewok season one and two, and um, the the Ewok movies are if you haven't seen them, kind of awful, but definitely worth seeing. So um, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. It it's pretty bad, but if you drink, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I hear uh, w- Wilford Brimley. Uh... Says the drops the f bomb in one of those movies. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Look out! It's fucking diabetes. <laughs> that was not my best Wilford Brimley impression. <laughs> it was still delightful. Thank so. you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome to give it a shot. No, but that's that's fun. You know, I, I like seeing uh, stuff of of Star Wars past kind of dredged up, especially kind of things from the less polished era where where now it, it feels like everything has to be sort of slick and elegant and you know glossed over by John Favreau and his virtual sets which I love by the way but you know I, I have a nostalgia for you know the, the days of you know post return of the Jedi Star Wars crap yeah and also it's, it's easy a... for uh for revisionist stuff to happen where it's like oh uh the Star Wars holiday special didn't happen Bad example, maybe, because that's like the lowest. But all this stuff, other than Clone Wars, isn't necessarily good. Though, uh, one thing that struck me was that uh, the animated segment from the Star Wars Holiday Special is called The Story of the Faithful Wookiee. Uh, And I remember it being Boba Fett's first appearance. And they're going to pop just the animated segment up online. I love it. And perfect, same year as Book of Boba Fett is coming out. So it's like... The circle is complete. <laughs> in non-news, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has, quote, no interest in playing Grand Admiral Thrawn. Who do you want to see uh, play him? You know, I, now that I know Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't want to do it, I'm sort of obsessed with that idea, but I, I get it. You know, he was he played Khan, and the, even though he was arguably miscast he, he certainly did a good job with that role so i think it'd be weird for him to be a trek villain and a wars villain as as far as who i want to be thrawn i, I think you know probably someone who has like like kind of an otherworldly quality somebody kind of like cold i, I think edward norton would be huh. would be really cool or or, or billy crudup and he's used to blue makeup yeah, well, that's 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 why I thought of him because I thought as you know, Doctor Manhattan, he, he had that kind of off vibe where he felt like, oh, this is a guy who doesn't fit into humanity, and I, I feel like Thrawn, obviously, he would not fit into the Republic, but he doesn't really fit in with the Empire either. He was an outcast, so j- 
just someone who could like bring an energy to Star Wars that we've never ever seen before I think so which is why I would not want like a kind of you know typical upper crust like Peter Cushing type you know I I don't want him to be like blue tark and I want him to be something totally different yeah, I, I mean, for me, uh, I, I like both of those answers. I think Mads Mikkelsen's the big one on the internet that everybody keeps suggesting that I really, really dig. And yeah, I know he played a character in a Star Wars movie, but that was really short. No one remembers Rogue One. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, he played one of the least interesting characters in Rogue One. Except, wait, there were no interesting characters in Rogue I'll One. Oh, take Never mind, that! So. Season two spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom solo we didn't like you either boom <laughs> that's right <laughs> in the new book my life is a wookie from the actor that played chewbacca in the new sequel trilogy uh he confirmed that adam driver and himself filmed a deleted scene where kylo ren tortures chewbacca where would this have, have gone in was this like a rise of skywalker thing i'm not sure it must have been a rise of skywalker when they uh when they took Chewbacca, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's where it would fit in. Um, Well, good move. They got rid of it, I think. That would have been kind of uh, unnecessary. Yeah. Plus, Chewbacca went through enough, man. I know, yeah. yeah, The whole, like, sequel trilogy was basically the the shit on Chewie trilogy. You know, kill all his friends and leave him alone with with nothing but Maz Kanata and the metal. (laughs) Oh, man. I I just watched uh, Rise of the Skywalker last night, and... uh, after Leia dies and Chewbacca finds out and, and the subtitles just say Chewbacca weeps. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't handle this. You got me, J.J. Abrams. You got me. By the way, I, I think like the only cool Chewie moment in the sequels and, and a moment that I love very much is when it, at the end of Force Awakens, like Ryder Han's been killed and Chewie just fucking shoots Kylo in the stomach with the bow caster oh, so and, and we actually see Kylo bleed after that. I just I I geek out over that moment because I don't know, my emotional attachment to Han is such that every time I'm like, yeah, Chewie, you know, fucking shoot the shit out of him, make him suffer, make that, you know, little brat feel the pain. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um you wanted to talk about that book. I did. There's a new book out called Star Wars Age of Resistance and I, I, I bought it like a chump because I, I heard that it was like the first full account of the making of all three films in the sequel trilogy. As it turns out, it's actually pretty slender. It's it's kind of basically like a, a crappy kid's book that I let myself get suckered into buying. So I thought I would share the coolest behind-the-scenes factoids with our, our listeners so they don't have to buy it like I did and waste their money. <laughs> So the main things I learned are that Starkiller Base was, uh, the design of it was based on the remote that Luke uses for his lightsaber training on the Falcon in A New Hope. And also, uh, looking toward The Last Jedi, for the uh, Force Time scenes where Rey and Kylo have their psychic connection, the sound effects you hear in those scenes are uh, the sounds of kelp and microphones placed placed under ice. And then finally, from Rise of Skywalker, Adam Driver claims that he and J.J. Abrams talked about Kylo Ren's character arc as being like the opposite of of Darth Vader's, whereas Vader gets more vulnerable over three films, Kylo gets more self-assured. 
which makes no sense to me because Kyle ends up having the exact same arc as Vader. <laughs> so I think uh, I think Driver was maybe remembering some old conversations that uh, got lost somewhere in the you know revolving door of of writers you know coming into these movies and out of them. You mentioned that book not being great. Um, I, I, I know we want to work on our own episodes about the books later on, but uh, off the bat, are there any Star Wars books you can think of that are recommended? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I feel like we talked about this at some point, but How Star Wars Conquered the Universe by Chris mm-hmm. Taylor is a really it. pretty good. brilliant book. So good. Uh George Lucas, the the Creative Impulse, which is a, a book from back before the prequels. That's a just like a great book about Lucasfilm in in general. I uh, I, I love it so much. And it has such a, a beautiful cover. I keep it on my Star Wars shelf. The the cover might even be by Drew Struzan. I'm I'm not sure. It it looks like his style. In any case, and then yeah, other other Star Wars uh, books. The the cinema of George Lucas, which came out around the time of. Revenge of the Sith. I remember that being a, a really cool book, and there, there's there's a lot of a, uh, uh, good good stuff out there. I, I think myself, I, I gravitate, you know, like less toward like the art of Star Wars books, and you know, more more kind of like like longer longer like you know, kind of almost like novelistic books that like take you through the story of the movies and and Lucasfilm. I'm the same way. I don't really care about the names and the details as much. Yeah, I, I know some of it and I enjoy some of it. But for me, yeah, I think the actual like humans behind it and reading about that is kind of exciting. Uh, I, w- I would add to that, though it's been you know a decade since I read it, uh, I really like Gary Jenkins' Empire Building. Ooh. That was one of the first Star Wars sort of nonfiction books I read that I enjoyed. And also... Um, I just read uh, A Long Time Ago in a Cutting Room Far, Far Away by Paul Hirsch, who is one of the editors. Um, really cool book, really short. Um, I'd recommend getting it at the library or something in the sense that I, I don't think it's worth owning and rereading. But um, he has a couple cool insights into it, and I, I kind of like um, how scrappy, um, especially you know the original Star Wars filmmaking uh, was. So he gives some really cool insight into that. So I, I haven't I haven't read that that book yet. I really want to, but I listened to uh, a lot of interviews Paul Hirsch did after it came out, and I, I really enjoyed hearing his stories about how, like, as as an editor, you know, he was always trying to make things more human. And so, for instance, they added to the Battle of Yavin in A New Hope that shot of Tarkin just before the Death Star blows up which i mm-hmm. yeah. thought in retrospect it's like oh my god without that the the scene doesn't work because you need to be reminded of like who is a you know the the architect of all this evil and who's going to be you know destroyed by this victory of the rebel so uh, stuff like that and just realizing these kind of seemingly small decisions that pr- probably you know helped make the difference between you know it you know being the masterpiece that it was and the you know mediocre mess that it could have been had it not had such great editors it's just fascinating to learn about that stuff yeah and how crappy the movie really could have been if if it wasn't tinkered with uh the amount that it was tinkered with. yes yes 100 percent. well then that's it for us this week next week we finally delve into the original star wars trilogy starting with a new hope 
You can get in touch with us at bestmanicecreampod at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at IamJoshO85. Ben can be found on Twitter at THOBennett, two N's and two T's, as well as THO Movie Reviews at THOMovieReviews.wordpress.com. We're also occasionally on the Spidey Scenes podcast, where Ben delves into the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, and he's just starting Spider-Man 3, so uh, if you didn't like that movie, <laughs> neither did Ben, probably. <laughs> well, neither did I, anyway. That's all for us. Have a great week, and the Force will be with you, always. Always.